Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So welcome to this episode of the Roxpile Rockies Report, uh, brought to you by Roxpile. My name is Kevin Henry. I am one of the co-experts on the site and joined today by my friend and fellow co-expert, Noah Yingling. Noah, what is going on in Ohio today? Uh, not much, but that's of what uh, we've seen with the Rockies. That's been not much either on the trade front. Nice segue. I like that. Uh, you know, yeah, it's August 1st. Uh, as we as we record this, it is the first day of August and the first day post-trade deadline as well. Uh, and uh, Noah, I know you and I were talking a little bit. Uh, I don't think either one of us were very surprised that the Rockies were very quiet at the deadline. Yeah, and in, on previous podcasts we said, yeah, we didn't see much happening. Um, I am kind of surprised, though, that, um, that doesn't – Jeff Breidich said that there was some action or, or some talks of possibly moving players. And he said, oh, well, if we could have in the talks that we had, there was a lot of people who were interested in players that we aren't interested in moving. Um, yeah. But I'm surprised that for in particular, the if there was one person that I thought they would be traded was uh, Chris Iannetta. Um And I, I'm not too terribly shocked that he wasn't traded, but I thought we would have possibly heard more rumors about him. But I mean, really until the final few days with trade hypothetical stuff on MLB network or MLB.com or wherever, there really wasn't many, any rumors about the Rockies even. Right. No, there, there really wasn't, you know, and, and that's the thing is that, you know, you and I kept kind of looking a little bit about what could happen. And certainly you were great to stay on top of MLB Network and some of the, uh, shall we say, more interesting trades uh, that they threw out there. Uh, but and Mark DeRosa said he was trying to move social media, and that's exactly what well, he did. <laughs> he did. No job with that. You know, if that's your goal, a mazel tov to you because you just nailed it. So well done. <laughs> uh, you know, I, and, and I will say that the Rockies did do one uh, one move that I, I thought was a little bit interesting yesterday, uh, the DFA of Harrison Musgrave. Uh, I thought that that was an interesting move uh, because we had been told, uh, you know, that uh, Harrison was going to be working his way back, uh, going to be pitching in the minors, coming back from injury. And uh, Musgrave was DFA'd, and the reason that he was designated for assignment was that the the Rockies did pull one small move, uh, and that pulled Joe Harvey, a uh, right-hander, uh, out of the Yankees organization. Uh, and so he's going to be added to the 40-man roster and apparently going to be uh, sent to Albuquerque. Uh, and I think it's, it's interesting that this is a guy uh, who did pitch in the majors some this year for the Yankees. So, you know, no, in my mind, this is almost a Philip Deal deal, shall we say. Uh, a guy who has uh, seen some time in the Yankees organization, the Rockies were obviously interested in. 
bolstering their bullpen, and we'll see if he can do a little bit better than Phil Deal did in his uh, debut with the Rocks. Yeah, and with Rocky, uh, Yankees having a lot of former Rockies players now, the Rockies are starting to get the similar <laughs> aspect. Yep. Um, but Harvey, who was in nine games with the Yankees this year, uh, 450 ERA, so nothing special, um, but obviously a limited sample size, only 10 innings. But in uh, AAA Scranton this year, he, in 22 games, pitched to a 312 ERA. So obviously Scranton is less, uh, it's more pitcher friendly than Pacific Coast League. Um, Great way to put it. <laughs> but well, obviously we'll see how that turns out. And I mean, if he can pitch anything like that for Albuquerque, considering their team ERA is around six. Um, yeah. And that's about the norm in the PCL. Then he'll probably be one of the September call-ups for the Rockies. You know, and and I think that that's where you know, and and again, let's let's emphasize this guy's a right-hander. So the Rockies still have an issue with left-handed depth in the bullpen. Obviously, we want to see what Ben Bowden can do whenever he gets that September call-up. Uh, you know, and hopefully they'll make some roster moves to make that happen. But. I think that these next two months, while the trade deadline was very quiet, the Rockies now have to be considering what does 2020 hold? We know that 2019 is pretty much a lost season, barring a miracle of miraculous proportions. <laughs> this, this season's over. And it really is a matter now that you look at who are these young guys that are going to be called up in, uh, in September what impact are they going to have, as well as, and Noah, this is a great chance, I think, to see really what kind of depth that you've got at the minor leagues right now. And hopefully they do find that, hey, we have this guy who outperformed what we thought he would do. But, I mean, we just had an article on the site a few days ago where – that's one it's one of the Rockies' biggest problems. And it not just this year, it's been in years past too, but you're seeing it more this year because you've had some injuries and players not playing up to their potential. The yeah. Rockies really don't have that much depth, at least on paper. Agreed. It, it doesn't look like they have much depth. Now, like I said, if some guy comes up and he there's a September call up and hits 500 with 10 bombs in September, okay, then maybe he could be in the future plan. But the thing is, especially in the higher levels of the minor leagues, the Rockies, at least on paper, don't have much depth. I mean, Albuquerque, for example, the past five, six years, they've been under 500. So, yep. I mean, it, you can see the team's not that great. So maybe we don't have as much depth as we thought we did or as much as we hope we did. Yeah. And and I think that this is the time where it's really going to see is it there? And and I think Rockies fans now, you know, this may be crazy to say, but I think that they need to be prepared and I hope that the franchise is prepared to maybe sit Nolan and Trevor and Charlie and Ian a little bit more in September to get some of these young guys playing time, because the only way that they're going to know how good that they really are is to throw them into a September that includes six games at Dodger stadium. 
and three games out in San Francisco, you know, and, and that season ender with the Brewers. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good teams in that September run that they've got. I think the Cardinals come to town as well, and they could be fighting for the NL Central at that point as well. But these young guys have to play, and you can't expect Nolan to go out there and play 25 games in that month and know really what you've got for a guy who may be coming up as an infielder through the minor leagues. Yeah, and I mean, some of them, uh, some of the guys that are in Albuquerque, they've already had a look at. For example, Pat Palaka. Um yeah. <laughs> And I'm, for me, I don't think he's part of the future plans of starting anywhere. Maybe a bench bat, but I mean, he's done that before. And I mean, he's done really well at Albuquerque. And then he comes up to the majors and hits about 50. Right. Um, but you have guys like Peter Mooney or Josh Fuentes or yep. in the outfield. You have Hilliard. You have Cuevas. You have Jonathan Daza. Um, and at least in September, if currently as the Rockies are playing, unless they have some kind of miracle thing in there entering September and they've got one of the wild card spots. Um, they need to be playing some of those guys to they see, do. Hey, what do we have? And even with the, um, oh, even with the pitchers, I mean, uh, with Kyle Freeland lately, I mean, how much do you need to see of him not pitching well? Right. It's good. By point. September. I mean, if he keeps, if he keeps, pitching like this, maybe you just bring up Senzatella or Hoffman or even uh, Ryan Castellani or something Bingo. like that yep. and have him start a few games and see, hey, what do we have? Because player X or player Y isn't uh, – they're showing us nothing this year. Well, and, and I will tell you, I would love to see a Castellani get a few starts at the major league level. I, I would love to see Senzatella, Hoffman, and I know some of you are going, we've seen them so many times. And you're right, we have. But I think at some point we need to quit saying, well, we're just seeing what these guys can do and really say, this is a test. Are you going to pass or fail it? And whatever you do is going to kind of help us chart our course toward 2020 and beyond here. Yeah, and maybe even some of the guys out of that the Rockies have been using in the bullpen Use him as a starter. Jesus Tinoco, yep. prime example. Yep. Or so just some guys in the bullpen. Harvey, Deal. Even though he struggled in Albuquerque this year, James Pazos, because he's got some major league time. Absolutely. It's Justin Lawrence. Maybe put Chris Russin back on the um, 40 man and see, hey, what do you got? Right. Yeah. And, and it's, it's interesting to me that you're going to have a September where. You know, again, uh, and I'll be honest, I have not counted how many games they have in September, but let's say that you've got 25 of them. I would be great with doing an opener, you know, and getting making sure that you're getting three or four guys into the game uh, because really, what does it matter at that point? It's more important. The wins and losses aren't going to matter, and, I, you know, horrible of me to say, I know, but it's more important that the Rockies know what these guys can do at the major league level, again, to know – as the offseason approaches, what moves do they really need to make to make this team back into a contender in 2020? And by the way, you are exactly correct on the amount of games, oh, 25 games in boom. September. I am psyched. Um, 
<laughs> you got six in Dodger Stadium. Yep. You have, well, starting the month, you're finishing out a series with the Pirates at Coors. But then you have a six-game road trip with three in Dodger Stadium, an off day, and then three in San Diego, another off day on September 9th, which is a Monday. Then you have a long homestand at Coors with three with the Cardinals, three with the Padres, three with the Mets, off day. Then the final road trip of the year is in L.A. and San Francisco against the Dodgers and Giants um, with an off day sandwiched in between those two series. And then three games at Coors to finish out the season against Milwaukee. And they might be in contention for either the Central and or um, the one of the National League wildcard spots. Yeah. So with you're facing the Dodgers six times, you're facing the Cardinals, the Mets, the way they've been playing, they have a six-game winning streak. Maybe uh, they'll still be in contention in yeah. September. And you're facing Milwaukee, too. Yeah. So, you know, the Rockies could have a lot to say about who actually gets into the playoffs, and there's the whole spoiler thing and all that stuff. But I will tell you, I would rather know what Ryan Castellani or Jesus Tinoco or, you know, Brian Mundell or some of these guys can actually do in a game Rather than playing Nolan for nine innings and and you know hoping that you can you can eke out a win over the Cardinals, of course, that's just me though. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and also too a thing that you could try out is with some of the guys that are more versatile, like Orion McMahon, have him play first, second, and third instead of just playing oh second base every day. Yeah, move him around and see. Oh, hey, he could play. First, well, we don't need a first baseman this off season, and we could have Murphy at second or Murphy traded, whatever. Yeah, let's 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 just call the Murphy at first base experiment not good again. Uh, you know, and and you know, I I was on the conference call in the off season when Murphy talked about how excited he was to play first base. I will tell you, I would feel so much better with Ryan McMahon at first base and Murphy at second if you're really going to do that. Absolutely. It's a great point. And, I mean, this goes on to um, Jeff Breidich the past few years. I mean, you can't get a first baseman in free agency? Apparently not. I mean, you sign Daniel Murphy, who's not a first baseman, to play first base. Then you uh, Before that, you signed Ian Desmond, who never played a game in first base in his life. Yep. And, oh, we're going to sign him to a five-year deal to play a position we've never uh, – he's never played before yeah. in his life. You know, that'll probably – There's plenty of – first uh, at least this off season. there's going to be a lot of first basemen on the market. Absolutely. You know, whether you want to sign uh, – I should say re-sign Yonder Alonso. There's a $9 million club option for that. I don't think that would be exercised for $9 million. Um, But there's Jose Abreu. There's Anthony Rizzo if the Cubs don't um, <laughs> exercise their club option. Highly doubt that they won't. Yeah. But um, Justin Smoke, um, Eric Thames, that's a club option thing with him as well. But also, too, you got trades. Yeah. You could very easily make a trade. But whether that's Ryan McMahon or Murphy gets better, that's something they need to address is – yeah, can we get somebody to play first base and play it adequately? 
Yeah, the, the shadow of Todd Helton looms large to this day, and certainly Justin Morneau had his moments there at first, let's be honest. But, boy, woof, since then, I tell you. Um, and, you know, to me, this whole rest of the calendar year is fascinating because you're not only talking about two months left of the season, you're also talking the fall league and what the Rockies are going to do, who they're going to send to to play in that and what they're going to see there as well as uh, the, the winter meetings. You know, I, I, God, I would love nothing more than the Rockies to be active at the winter meetings. You know, you and I, I remember when I was in Vegas last year, you and I were texting back and forth when, you know, it was, uh, Edwin and Cartagena uh, was a possibility, uh, you know, and, and the rumors were flying out yeah. there about that. You know, they need to make it. And uh, yeah, yeah. they just, they have to at some point, not only for – the fan psyche, but I think for the team psyche right now as well. And also, too, I mean, with first base, oh, Daniel Murphy, I mean, he hasn't played particularly well defensively. But if he was hitting 40 homers and 120 RBI, we wouldn't be talking about it. Absolutely. And and he's not. He's not. But, you know, and, and boy, this is the whole what if thing. But, you know, the finger. What if the finger hadn't happened in Miami? You know, what what difference could this yeah. season have made? You know, and I talked to him about that, and, and, you know, his quote was, well, you never want to get hurt three games into the season, and, and he's right. None of us do. But uh, but that's a huge what if, and, and who knows? Maybe that's a key for next year is just having a healthy Daniel Murphy, but I don't think that's all that you can do is sit there and go, well, Murphy surely won't get hurt next year. Because even if he stays healthy, what if something happens, God forbid, to Nolan or Trevor? You know, I mean, or uh, or, yeah. so, or one, another key piece of the puzzle. Well, and also, too, I mean, Murphy was hurt last year yeah. as well. So, I mean, he was hurt last year. He's hurt this year. What, what if you're going to count on him for 160 games next year, that might not happen because he might be injured again. Well, and, and I will tell you, the – horror that went through Coors Field yesterday when Herman Marquez suddenly had to be literally helped off the field. Uh, you know, that, boy, uh, not only did Rocky's Twitter explode, but uh, you could just feel that whole stadium, at least the Rockies fans who were there as opposed to the Dodger fans. But you could feel everybody just go, oh, that's it, and just kind of throw their hands up in the air, you know, like Peter Griffin in the GIF and walk out of the theater, done. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, that's what it feels like. And, and the Rockies. And I mean, at least we can laugh about yeah. it now since it's just he was had cramps. It wasn't some major injury. Yeah, and, and he was in the locker room ready to talk to us afterwards. It looked like the old Herman Marquez. So certainly thankful for that. But it just shows you how razor thin it is between the Rockies being a good team and the Rockies just completely falling off the cliff. Yeah, and, and like I said, the article that we had a few days ago where, I mean, offensively, you're relying on two or three guys each season. What if one of them goes yeah, down? absolutely. Your season's yeah, shot. Yeah, you're down at that point. And, I'm, and that's why teams like, now granted they have a, their payrolls a ton more, but the Dodgers, I mean, they have probably 40 or 50 guys that if oh these these ten guys are injured, okay, we can bring this other guy up from AAA, and he's if 
what for whatever the whatever it is luck he's just good whatever yeah. they usually perform well and and i know we're getting near the 20 minute mark here but i i want to say you know i was back in tulsa visiting family a, a couple of weeks ago and went to a drillers game and of course the drillers used to be the double a affiliate for the rockies now they're double a affiliate for the dodgers i can tell you just talking to the people there in tulsa they talked about not only the the good, solid prospects that were in Tulsa that were making their way up to Oklahoma City, AAA, but also those who were Rancho Cucamonga and coming up to AA. So, yeah, the Dodgers farm system, we talk about a lack of depth with the Rockies. It's the exact opposite with their NL West rivals. And that's part of the reason why the Dodgers have been in the World Series the past yep. few years. Now, they haven't won it because they're – at least in my mind, they're managing from the general manager position, which is when in-game stuff, you don't win with a general manager managing the manager who's managing the team. That, If you can understand that. Um, but at least getting to the World yeah. Series, it's because they're deaf. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, hey, uh, I know we need to wrap up, but also just, you know, I th- – my my take, let's play as many as young guys as we can when September call-up happens. What are you hoping to see over these next couple of months with the Rocks? I think that if they continue like how they've been playing, and, I mean, we had, yesterday I, I had texted you, oh, wow, scoreless entering the eighth inning, yep, I believe it was, it was when I it texted was. you. And you have Wade Davis blow yep. up again. Um I, that's one area I would like to see is if the Rockies are not in contention in September, have especially games at Coors Field because as we've seen this year, Wade Davis cannot yeah. pitch at Coors Field. Simple as that. Um, to have guys try to close out games because I mean, like I said, for Wade Davis this year, on the road he has an ERA of point six eight. At Coors Field, his ERA is eleven twenty nine. He can't no. pitch at Coors Field. So yeah, so and that's something to look at in the off season as well. But I, you gotta if the Rockies are not in contention, which as of now it looks like they won't be in September. You gotta mix and match these guys and see, hey, this guy has what it takes to be a closer, or this guy is pitching to a thirteen ERA in the ninth inning in four games. Maybe we shouldn't use Yeah, it. give me Ober, give me Estevez, give me give me somebody else in that closer position to know, again, what you've got heading into 2020. Good stuff, Noah. Hey, man, thanks for joining. Uh, appreciate your time, and, and you always have some great insights. I always love to talk to you on these things. Yeah, thank you very and, much. Hey, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, we try to do everything we can to give you some uh, new insights from the Rocks Pile point of view, make sure you're checking out rockspile.com. And we will be back soon with another episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report. Rockspile.com. And- Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.